0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: We're going to finish up today our our series through the first two chapters of Luke. And basically what we've been doing is we've been looking at, really, the infant Jesus. And today we're going to look at the child Jesus. And and our whole purpose in looking at it, especially as we look at it today, we're going to see that it's just more than a coincidence that it's in your Scripture. In fact, it's not there just to serve as a basis so that we can have a holiday. There are some significant reasons why... The story of Jesus' birth, the announcing of his birth, the visit by the shepherds, the what we looked at last week, the whole issue of two people giving thanks, two elderly people who serve the Lord giving thanks for the child and one making a prophecy concerning the child. There's a reason why it's there. In fact, this story here today, the story of Jesus as a 12-year-old in the temple, there's a reason why it's there. It's just not a quaint little story about his life that we have recorded. There's a reason because... We're going to see something about him. That there was a purpose for him. And he knew that purpose from the beginning. But we're also going to see the reaction of those around him. Specifically, we're going to see the reaction of Mary and Joseph. And we're going to see the implications of their reaction and what it means for our life today. Because we can be just like them. As we look at this story, you're going to see that we can be just like them when it comes to Jesus. And the amazing thing is they had Jesus. It's more than a coincidence. It has to do with life. Not just his life, but our lives. As he's come into it. So, I want you to notice with me, we're just going to look at 12 verses today. 12, 13 verses. Look with me at verse 40 through the end of the chapter. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so that After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men first thing we're going to do is I want you to look at the issue of Jesus. But before we get to that, I'm going to have to kind of lay the setting here so that you can understand what I'm about to share with you. We look at this story and we're kind of amazed. How can you lose a kid for three days? How can you lose a kid for a day? I mean, it's easy. If you think about it, sometimes if you're in Walmart and it's really busy and you get disconnected, but eventually you hopefully can find them again. You just keep circling around, looking, or you go where they hang out. But when we look at this story, it just seems like a quaint little story. How does this happen? So let me give you the setting first before I give you some interesting things I want you to see about Jesus and about Mary and Joseph and how we can apply it to our lives. Here's the setting. Mary and Joseph family were very devout. In each year, they would go up to Jerusalem for the certain times of the year. In in particular, the passage tells us here in verse 41 that they went up for the Feast of the Passover. And they would go to Jerusalem and celebrate it. Now what they would do is, because they lived in Galilee, which is in northern Israel, what they would do is, is they you would travel down, and it's not like you just hop in a car and drive there. You would travel down, maybe it would be a couple days journey or whatever, but you would travel down with a group of people. Now, here's what you would do. This is why you would travel with a group of people, because in that day, if you traveled by yourself, you would be more than likely a target for robbers. In fact, that's what we hear, you know, when Jesus shared the story of the Good Samaritan. Those kind of things happen. So you traveled in groups. And more than likely, they'd be family groups, groups of pilgrims who would be going down to Jerusalem for the celebration. And they would go to Jerusalem several times a year. Now, here's what would happen. In a big group like that, the women traditionally and the children would be at the front of the group. The men would bring up the rear. The men and young boys. Now, what do you mean by boys? Typically boys who were 12 and over. Because when the boy turned 12 in the Jewish culture, he became a son of the covenant. That is, he entered into adulthood as far as a Jew was concerned. Now, isn't it interesting the passage tells us that how old was Jesus at this time? Twelve. So here's what happened. They go to Jerusalem, they do their Passover meal, they celebrate the Passover there, and they're heading back, and they're heading back in their caravan with their group of people. And here, you can see it. Mary and Joseph are separated. Now because he's 12, he could go with either group. He can hang out with mom and the kids, or he can hang out with dad and the rest of them. So you can almost see what's happening here is, is that mom thinks he's with Joseph. Joseph thinks He's with who? Mary. It isn't until they finish the day in their journey that they realize, where's Jesus? So then they spend the next day, what? Looking for him. And then another day coming back to Jerusalem to look for him. And guess where they find him? They find him with teachers. Now, this is another point that we don't understand. Because this is, especially in our culture here in our local area, we don't put a big stock in education very much. But in their culture, it was not uncommon for the rabbis to have students, people who would come up and just ask them questions about theology. So Jesus, a boy that they'd probably never seen, coming up and asking questions was not uncommon. And so there they find him, asking questions. And what was the the reaction of the crowd, the reaction of the teachers and stuff? They were amazed at what? His understanding and his answers. But Mary does the mom thing. Boy, what are you doing? You, we've been frantic about you. You can almost read it in the passage. In fact, this is what the Bible says, but you can almost read what it's saying there. Look at what it says there. Your father and I have sought you anxiously. We've been going crazy. But then I want you to notice what Jesus says. Why don't you seek me? He's surprised at him. That's the ascetic. There's some powerful lessons from this story, and I want you to see them, first of all, about Jesus. Number one, he was surprised at their reaction. You and I, when we look at that, we're like, what do you mean he's surprised? You know, if you're, if you're, How many of you have been in situations like that where you have lost a child and you're like frantic? Okay, you can understand Mary and Joseph in this, right? Where is the boy? They come to him, and Jesus says, why are you looking for me? Now some of you would say, What? But I want you to understand something about Jesus. Jesus is surprised at them because there's some things that are going on here because it's almost like you should know better. You should know better about who I am. You should know better about why I'm here. You should know better. That's what he's trying to say to them. And and, and here's the thing he understood who he was. He understood who he was. He understood Jesus had a self-awareness about himself. He understood that he was the Son of God. He understood that he was the Messiah. He understood that he was coming for the redemption of the world. He understood. So he's surprised because here's the thing. Listen to it. Both Mary and Joseph had a visitation by an angel. Mary, a physical visitation. Joseph, a dream. Both Mary and Joseph saw what? The shepherds come. The wise men come. Both Mary and Joseph saw the child being prophesied by Simeon in the temple, Anna praising the Lord for what is going on. They they had opportunities to understand who he was. So he's surprised at them, but he knows who he is. He knows who he is. He knows why he's here. So you hear people sometimes say, well, Jesus didn't understand until later. No, he understood from the very beginning who he was, why he'd come. He came for you and I. It's not something that just came to him when he was 30. He understood from the very beginning why he was here. See, it's just more than a coincidence. Do you understand what I'm saying? This just doesn't just happen. It was an intentional work of a sovereign God to reach out to you and I to save us from our sins. And he understood exactly who he was. The other thing I want you to see there is that even in spite of that, look at what verse 51 says. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. The other thing I want you to see about Jesus is this. He knew who he was. Who did he know he was? He knew he was God. But the amazing thing was is this. He submitted himself. Let me read to you from Philippians. The Apostle Paul gives us a perspective of this submission so that you understand what's going here. In Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul talking about Jesus says this, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. Okay, so here's Jesus. He's equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of men, he humbled himself and became obedient To the point of death. See, from the very beginning, we see that not just that he understood who he was and that he was God, he submitted himself to this world for our sakes. Paul would tell us that he submitted himself so that he would go to the cross for our sakes. That's Jesus. Now you're saying, yeah, I already knew that. Yeah. But the tendency for you and I is to be just like Mary and Joseph. And that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Because when you look at this passage, I want you to notice their life and their reaction to all of this. Because it reveals something about them and there's some application there for you and I that we need to grasp. That we need to understand. The first thing I want you to see about Mary and Joseph is this, is that they lived in the routine. They lived in the routine. For them, as devout Jews, their life was centered around different festivals, new moons, going to the synagogue at a certain time, going to Jerusalem at a certain time, and it just became routine. Forget that Jesus had an amazing birth with all the spectacular things happened there. Forget that the angels came to visit them. Forget that, that Simeon gave that prophecy and all, and who knows what's not recorded in the Scripture that might have happened. Forget that for a moment, because the rest of their life was just normal routine. Isn't that true? For all of us, we just have our normal routine. You're going to get up tomorrow morning, for those of some of you here, and you're going to go to work. You don't want to, but you've got to. You're going to go to work. And you're going to have lunch at a certain time. You already know what you're going to eat. Same old thing. And you know you're going to come home, and dinner's going to be there. And you got certain programs on the TV on Monday or Tuesday, whatever. And you've got certain things that are going on. And, and, and you've got your routine. And you know that you know, you've know you got this function or that function in the month of January. You've got a birthday. Somebody's birthday. It's time of year again. You've got a birthday. And you've got all these different things. And you've got your routine. And you've got church on Sunday. And you're going to be here on church. And, 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 and then the what? The week just starts all over again. And that was their life. They lived in the routine. He said, Now what's the big deal about that? Unlike you and I, their son was God. Their son saw them before they were formed in the womb. But they lived in the routine. It's okay, yeah, well they had God. Yeah, but here's the point. Can I be honest with you? There is some application here for you. Just like them, we have God too. You've trusted in Jesus Christ, he lives within your heart. They lived in the routine. Are you living in the routine? Listen, is your morning like this? Can't believe it's another day. Oh, just five more minutes. Oh, got to get out of bed. Or is it? Another day, Lord. What do you have for me today? How will I see you today? How will you guide me through this today? How will you provide for me today? Is there an anticipation for him, or do we just get into the routine? See, they were in the routine. The other thing I want you to see here about them is this. Not only did they live in the routine, they had forgotten who Jesus was. They had forgotten who Jesus was. Look, look look at what it says here. It's very interesting. You would think that they would understand. Jesus says to them, Why did you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? A lot of the other translations, the NIV, a lot of the New American Standard will translate it, I'd be about my father's house. The point is, is that I'm going about doing what the father wanted me to do. He's delineating the fact that, yes, you're my earthly parents, but I have a heavenly father. That's where I came from. And he's reminding them with his statement, this is me, the Messiah. Don't you remember the prophecies? Don't you remember what the angel told you? And look at what it says there. Verse 50. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. They'd forgotten. They had forgotten. Life had just become so routine that they'd forgotten. My friends, that's the danger for you and I. You know, it can just be the same old routine every day. And you know the routine. For those of you who drink coffee, it's that certain cup. It's your cup don't mess with my cup and you know exactly how much creamer and how much sugar if, if, if it's got to be black and you know you know exactly you know the you know everything the routine I mean that's it the routine and when you come home it's that certain chair you sit in that's your chair get out of my chair and we can relate to that but the fact of the matter is is in the midst of the routine you can forget someone God and let me tell you something about God He interrupts the routine. See, Jesus interrupted their routine. And let's be honest. We don't like it. And the reason why we don't like it is because we've forgotten who He is. They've forgotten. And and the other thing verse 51 tells us is this, is that they did not understand. They didn't understand. It's interesting. This is the second time in these two chapters that it records this that he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. She was pondering them. Why? Because she didn't understand it. She didn't understand. Not only had she forgotten what was said to her, understand, forgotten why he was here, what his purpose was. I mean, in fact, listen, of all the people that should have grasped something, Mary should have grasped something because she knew... I mean, everybody else maybe didn't believe it, but she knew this was a virgin-born baby. This child was conceived of the Holy Spirit. This child came from God. This was a miracle baby. There's something special about this child. And then to hear all the prophecies from the angel to others, that this is the Messiah, that redemption, salvation is going to come to the whole world through this child. She didn't understand you know what the danger is? Is that you know we see God working in our lives and we see God revealing things, and we, and we know we we know, but we, we don't know here. You know here in our in our cranium with our with our mind, but with our heart we don't know it because we haven't truly grasped it yet. We haven't truly understood it. We we can quote it, and that's what's going on here. See, I I, I don't think it's I don't think it's I don't think it's just a story stuck in this passage that, that the writer Luke has a purpose. In fact, if you go back one chapter to chapter 1, look with me just at the first couple of verses there. He gives the reason why he wrote this gospel. And he gives us the reason why these things were put here. And so this story has a reason for being here. This is what he says. "Inasmuch." much, as many have taken in hand to set in order the narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that we may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. This was given here so that you and I could understand, grasp the reality of the gospel and the salvation that only comes through Jesus so that we can apply it and understand it for our lives and accept it by faith. You say, what do you mean by that? That seems like a lot of words. Here's what he's saying. This is here for you so that you could know for certain and have understanding about who Jesus is. And here's what he's saying. This child. Notice what he said there. Look what he said verse 3. From the very beginning, from the first things. What first things is he talking about? The birth of Jesus and now this incident when he was 12. So that we could understand one thing about him. He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. And he came with a purpose. See, they didn't understand that. They didn't understand it. And there he was right in their midst. Isn't that an amazing thing? You say, George, what can we do as far as applying this? Really, you need to ask yourself three questions because these three questions are crucial. These three questions are crucial to your spiritual life. The first question is this. Who is Jesus? He understood who he was. Do you understand who he is? See, and don't answer that real quickly, because here's what you can do. You can answer it with your brain, but not answer it with your heart. There are a lot of people going around, even right here in our community, that will say to you that Jesus is the Son of God, but they don't believe it with their heart. You say, is that possible? Yes, it's possible. Because James tells us that the demons believe and tremble, but what's their lot in life? Hell. See, you've got to ask yourself the question... Who is Jesus? And there's an implication with that question because when you recognize and say to him, he's the son of God, then the next response is, so what do I do with him? What do I do with him? See, if he's the son of God, if what he said is true, and if what he's telling me about how I should live my life is true, then I have to come to a place where I submit to him because he's the God of the universe. You've got to ask that question. See, Jesus understood who he was. And so when he looks at me, he says, what's the deal here? I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. You've got to ask yourself that question. Christian, you've got to ask yourself that question. You may have trusted in Jesus Christ long ago, but the question is, who is Jesus to you right now? Because you could have forgotten too. In fact, that's the next question. Do you understand? Do you understand? So much of what we do as far as gospel presentation, listen, can I be honest with you, the gospel is not a prayer. The gospel is a person. Jesus. Praying a prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. You hear what I'm saying? It is Jesus who saves you. And so, when I come to salvation, there needs to be an understanding that when I am committing my life to the one who died for me. But yet, so much of our understanding is, is I'm okay, i got fire insurance. I can do what I want to do. That is not salvation. That's not the gospel. That's selfishness. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, freeing us from our sins so that we can serve who? Him. And I, by faith, accept what He's done for me, and I serve Him now. Do you understand? Do you understand who he is? Do you understand what he's done for you? So much of what happens in our lives is we don't understand what he's done for us. He died for you. He freed you. Do you understand what what awaits you? Well, that's a big one for us as Americans because we're so focused on now and what we can achieve now, we've forgotten about what God has for us later. Do we understand? And then finally, the final question is, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Boy, that's so easy to happen. Let me me just share with you. I've been a believer now, will be 24 years. I was a 19-year-old college freshman at the University of South Carolina. When I came to Christ, I committed my life to Christ. Didn't come from a Christian home. And there was an excitement in my life. There was a passion in my life for Christ. I just wanted to serve Him. I I was so awed and humbled by God. I didn't even want to talk to God about my issues. I just wanted to talk to God about everybody else. In fact, I had to have a wise person come along and say to me, It's okay, George, to pray about yourself. I was that passionate about God. But you know how it is. As you get older, as you mature, passion leaves, doesn't it? And you can relate to when David says, Restore unto me what? The joy of my salvation. Now, why does that happen? Because we get into the routine church, Sunday after Sunday, prayer meeting. Wednesday after Wednesday. Back then, it was. that's the way it was when I went. Reading my Bible every day. Praying every day. And, and, and the, the freshness of Jesus becomes old. You want to know why that kind of stuff happens? How many of you can relate to what I'm talking about? How many of you can relate? A lot of us can relate, right? Okay, listen to me. Here's what happens. We forgot. We forgot what he did for us. We forgot what he saved us from. We forgot. Here's another way we forget. How many of you, 2008, held some events that you don't want to go through again? How many? Okay. All right. All of us. Difficult circumstances, right? He brought you through them, didn't he? Watch out! When the next thing comes, we'll forget what he that he brought us through. See, our tendency is to forget. See, they forgot. And, and listen, you got to remember what happened. I mean. An angel. How I many of you would forget that an angel came and talked to you? Like, it happens every day. They forgot. See, our tendency is, is we forget who his what has done in our lives. So, the question is, have you forgotten? And you say, okay, George, what do I do with all these questions? And listen, if you are realizing... That number one, you, you don't understand with your heart anymore. Number two, that you have forgotten who is. You just need to go to the Lord and say to him, Lord, help me to remember. Lord, like David, restore to me the joy of my salvation. God, help help me to understand so that it will transform my life. He's God. He died for me. He's my Savior. His Spirit lives within me. I'm His. Help me. You just got to cry out to God and say, Help me.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. This coming week.